break, draft, trade. Aw, I like little kitties. I see it perched back there. I know. It's just lurking. That is definitely her domain. <laughs> She's humongous. Nah. Really? She looks huge. Just has a huge voice. It's like the Ariana Grande of cats or something. I know. <laughs> oh my god, the cat. Yes, definitely. <laughs> is angry. Yeah, um, you gotta go over there. She's not angry. Wait, what is happening? She's just like saying hi. Come here, lady. You gotta... Please, she's gotta make the pod, Nick. <laughs> she's going in the pod. Yeah, put the kitty on the mic. <laughs> Hookers, pussies. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm gonna get Noble. I'm gonna need you to approve this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, you know how there's like an E next to the podcast for explicit. <laughs> Sorry. Mm -hmm. We have to add an extra E to warn people about your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the cat. Break, draft, trade. They're going to be like, yeah, we need to talk about this girl that you have on the pod. She's mm -hmm. out. It might as well just be like an N for Noble. <laughs> Listen, everybody just laughed. Everybody just laughed. So say what you want. But they all just laugh. <laughs> like my little like teenage waterfall ponytail I got going on. <laughs> hey guys! Yeah. <laughs> the queen and her mean girls get up. <laughs> yeah, well, this is called I worked out this morning and this is what you got. My hair's not long enough. I don't have hair like Mike. No. That I can put up in a ponytail. No. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, is Hooker at the 2-9 a good pick? Or is that too early? You just don't know. You're not in committal to Hooker. Can't commit to a Hooker. Hmm. He's got a great name, though. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> really? Now the Hooker joke isn't going to make any sense. <laughs> I mean, a good Hooker joke always makes sense. <laughs> there, I just made it make sense for you, Nick. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. You're welcome. Thank you for the clarity. You're welcome. Mike's not a hooker, though. You shouldn't call him that. No. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I'll put that in the intros. <laughs> to the hooker of the pod. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm doing it. Yep, just fully embracing that mean girl's hair get up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, being extra mean. <laughs> just the way it's going to be. Mm -hmm. I do need to sleep at some point tonight. Your Nashville time, which I'm completely, I encourage this without thinking about the time change. <laughs> All right, we should be good now. All right, you ready, Hooker? Who are we talking about? You. <laughs> uh -oh. It's your new nickname. <laughs> Potentially, the yeah, who are MJ is going to come back out of retirement. Ooh, retirement. Again? Rocking, like, number 24 or whatever it was. Okay. Was that what Michael Jordan rocked when he came back? Was it 24? Wait, 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 wait. Did he retire? Uh, no, that was Kobe. Kobe died. No. Yeah, let's not talk about that. That's not a good option. <laughs> All right. Well, when MJ returns, it's going to be like Michael Jordan coming back and for the finals for the Bulls, and he could potentially be on this podcast in the very near future. Oh, nice. Mm. So if you could go to tight ends and do Musgrave and Craft, and then ask us about fourth and fifth round darts. Ooh, Musgrave and Craft. I don't want any of them. <laughs> I'm going to ask. I need you to act surprised. <gasps> Who's this? Mine is? What am I supposed to 
do? Restart? Uh, okay. You know I can't help you with that. I don't know what to do. <laughs> At points. <laughs> yep. Low def? Yeah. Oh, that gives me like a blur, so I look younger. <laughs> Intro. You ready? Who? Both of you. Okay, yeah. Nick? No. But he just sits here for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gina Noble, aka the Queen. You can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF. I always forget my Twitter handle, you guys. And you played it off so naturally. (laughs) Well, and I was waiting for you to be like, is there a problem? Like, no, I just kind of forgot. (laughs) It sounded like it. I was like, they're going to know. They're going to know. They're going to (laughs) know. To introduce our favorite fantasy brains, my fantasy besties in the world of fantasy football, we have none other than the hooker. No. No. (laughs) No. No. I told you I was going to do it. <laughs> we have none other than Mr. Papa Bear Claw. Mike, you can find him on Twitter at underscore Papa Bear Claw. Say hello to your fans. Hello. That was a lot better than Hooker. <laughs> yeah, that, that's only allowed when it's your last name and it's a QB you avoid even in the third. <sighs> I liked it. I liked it. And moving on to Mr. Nick James, our cowboy, our Iowa fan, at Iowa in the NFL on Twitter. Nick, say hello to your fans. Hello, hello. You scared me for a second when you said our cowboy. I thought it was going to be like R. <laughs> Kelly and I'm like, great. He gets called a hooker. I get called <laughs> R. Kelly. <laughs> I'd rather be called a hooker, I think. Thanks. Fantastic introductions today. What are we talking about? <laughs> Speaking of hookers. <laughs> New, 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 new. I wouldn't do that to you. So our last pod, we did a mock draft. The top 24 rookies picked, and we had a ton of fun. If you haven't listened to that pod, make sure to get over there and listen. It was a great, informative podcast, especially if you're unsure about rookies going into your rookie drafts for this fantasy football season. Today, we asked some questions in our chat among some of our fantasy football friends and wanted to do some discussing of some less talked about rookies, kind of some comparisons. Who would you rather address some questions in the fantasy football world as pertaining to some of the less popular rookies right now? Is that a good way to explain it? Yep. Is that okay? We're looking to give you a compass for rounds three through five and give you a little feedback on what we've seen in all these drafts so far. Yes. So in your rookie drafts, you might feel like you're really skating through those first two rounds and these may be picks of people you're a lot more familiar with. But when you get to round three, it gets a little more muddy. Round four and round five are like, what am I doing here? So this is going to be a awesome podcast where Nick and Mike are going to answer those questions and maybe give you some of those late round picks that could end up becoming something we hope, crossing our fingers. Mm-hmm. To Vaughn or not to Vaughn? That is the question. Now, is that the Kayshawn Vaughn type? <laughs> yeah, so. 
<laughs> I'm never letting you live that down, but I wouldn't mess with you if I you weren't my fave. So <laughs> what is that like? I wouldn't mess with you if I didn't like you. Oh. Remember when they used to tease you in grade school mm -hmm. and you not you, oh. but in general. Okay, because I still do. <laughs> You're never going to live down that late rookie pick. No. Do you still, are you still holding out hope that maybe, maybe this is his year? Or have you given up? It's You might as well just check up the deuces to Kayshawn and say hello to Deuce Vaughn. Okay. Bigelow? <laughs> Yeah, Bigelow. <laughs> Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Male gigolo. I mean, we were talking about hookers. We might as well talk about the Bigelow. All right. Do you remember? That was a terrible show. All right. So to put this train back on the tracks from which it has been derailed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where we went. We finished off last draft just barely missing Sam Laporta, who I would love to get at the end of second rounds across the board. This is kind of like where Friar Muth was going in like the late second when he was drafted as a rookie, and he's basically kind of held that value. Each of these Kincaid, Mayer, and Laporta, if they were to get to there, are totally worth it as far as a tight end stash. I know that this likely means I won't get very many of them, but it's at that point where if tight end's actually something I want to stick on the roster, if it's as long as it's at least 300 rostered, I'm definitely stashing Sam Laporta. Do you, do you have any of these tight ends, Mike? I mean, I will never object to taking an Iowa tight end in the late second. Ooh. Smart man. He's probably the guy I end up with most of, just because you can sometimes get him in the late second, early third. I usually miss out on Meyer, and I don't think I really ever get Kincaid. You got Kincaid once. Oh, I did today. I did, didn't oh, I? Oh, I don't even know if you got him today, but you got him in a draft with me. Yeah. And Rashawn Johnson fell to the yeah. 2.05. That was a non-premium league. And you were picking right after me, just been stashing the heck out of Rashawn Johnson. So you got Dalton Kincaid with the next pick. Yeah, I just can't see being too happy taking Kincaid early. I did. I think I also got him today in like a 16-man league, but that was later. I think it's going late in the first. I think it, it was full point premium. Noble, how tight are your ends? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds personal. <laughs> you know I love a good tight end. Let's just refresh our listeners. When we're talking about these draft picks, we are assuming a 12-person league, 12-team yep. league, mm -hmm. and a half-point tight end premium? Uh, not unless we say so, but if I say tight end premium, it's an additional half-point per reception for tight end. Okay, so if there was no premium, are you still taking these tight ends and like Laporte at the end of the second? They barely nudge up for me. I just as soon as you add tight end premium, then you can kind of mix them in with those wide receivers. But otherwise, then I'm just wanting the cheapest of the one a little later. I've been trading back in the second to pick later in the second just because I don't want to pay the price for the players that are going there and I'd rather get whoever everybody doesn't want between like Sam Laporta and Downs and Hyatt or Bigsby. Yeah, it's not really until it hits full point premium for me to start really jumping on tight ends and taking shots at them even earlier. It doesn't really, you know, the half point premium isn't really going to change like too much. Yep, so not moving the needle big for me. Okay, and are these three tight ends, I mean, a lot of times with tight ends, it takes them a few years to prime before they really have like a, a true 
role worth fantasy value. Are these three tight ends tight ends that you feel like are going to go in and have immediate value? I think any of these three could absolutely go in and have year one value. It doesn't mean that they will. They could take longer to develop. But what you said there is exactly why these are the three tight ends that I kind of want in this draft. Okay. And then after that, I really don't want any. Okay. I know you have some higher upside guys, guys that were taking other rounds, even guys that were taken early. But these three, I think, could actually just legitimately have like a Bellinger type season year one or better than that, you know, where he kind of broke out like uh, this year. I just don't see as clear of a path for the guys taken later in the draft, so I tend to avoid them or they end up just clogging my taxi squad. And last year, Bellinger was like a fourth round pick and he was able to give you some kind of value there in the beginning. The only reason that I would have Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, and Sam Laporta here at the end of the second is because I think they will have somewhat of a year one impact and then obviously you're hopeful going forward with the other tight ends if if it doesn't look like that for you then you're probably a fourth round pick or later now one other question about tight ends and then we can move on i think the two of you tend to fade tight ends although that's changed a little bit i've seen nick draft tight ends a little earlier in like maybe last year versus years before but say you fade tight ends and you you have some really weak tight ends right now are you going to change who you're targeting in that case that you want to target one of those or would you rather go trade for a tight end i think you would rather go trade for a tight end if you're trading for a tight end with that kind of a pick you're trading for another mid-range tight end so i mean like unless you're talking like dalton kincaid because somebody wants to pick him at 111 and like a tight end premium you can probably trade for like goddard for that 111 rather than pick like dalton kincaid so i guess my question was more are you passing up the opportunity to take one of those guys and you'd prefer to take a different position in the spot they're going to go in even if you need a tight end and then you'd rather just if you need a tight end go trade for a tight end not necessarily your rookie pick but just in general you'd rather make a trade to get a tight end than pick Kincaid where he goes if you need a tight end drafting one is rarely a good idea correct okay the tight end that you need you should probably be trading for it doesn't mean like trading like trying to get like one for a 204 I mean you could target whatever you're looking for I mean if you're looking to pay up for one but it's just not a good idea to rely on having to start a rookie tight end regardless of the draft capital. At the price point of a late second, the players who are non-tight ends at that point, this is like past 150 overall players. That It's at that point where it's like, okay, I would kind of push these tight ends up to there where I'd be willing to now look around and be like, all right, there's risk everywhere. I would be okay with these tight ends here. And as a result, I haven't gotten very many times because they typically go mid to early. Right. Second. Right. So it's really only just taking them if they happen to fall there. And then you have a little bit of exposure at the sacrifice of a pick that was already going to be kind of shaky. Okay. So speaking of trades and tight ends, I actually had a trade fall into my lap today. That was a smash except moments where my team actually did need a tight end. I think my first in line tight end was Gusecki. I like it. I know, I know, but that's your number one tight end. Like, you know, so anyway, (laughs) I was offered Mark Andrews for the 109 rookie pick. A rare occurrence to trade with
with me because I get very anxious and I overthink it like tremendously. So even I knew in that moment, I'm like, wow, like, all right, if I'm looking at this, the value in Mark Andrew, who is ranked second, I think by the ranked draft trade sheet, isn't he? Definitely top two pre-NFL draft. And we'll talk a little bit why that's in question now. Okay. But the value that I'm getting in Mark Andrews at the 109, definitely I was like, I'm not going to get that same quality player or it's still a question mark. I'm going to take the proven Mark Andrews. I need a tight end. Definitely taking this trade. So I was super excited to make that trade this morning. That was a tight end premium league as well. It was half point tight end premium. And it was, it was, yeah, half point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, 1.09, you probably traded Mark Andrews for his teammate Zay Flowers. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that was the other thing is I'm looking at who was available and I'm like, okay, we're looking at Baltimore. Do I want the proven tight end or do I want a questionable wide receiver coming in? I want the guy that Lamar's been throwing to consistently and he likes. There's not a lot of people that seem to be like high on Zay Flowers. I don't see him getting picked higher. He's always after Addison, Quentin Johnston, and Jackson Smith. I don't I haven't seen him go over them once. I've seen him fall to the second. Right. So I mean like that's that's the highest I would take him and I see him go there pretty often at the 1.09, which is where you took him, if I remember correctly, in our in our draft. But that is a first round draft capital wide receiver. Granted it is Lamar, though coaching's a little different there. But all these are factors that may make it where Mark Andrews isn't the superstar that he used to be. He's gonna be the superstar, Nick. <laughs> well, when you're saying this is a smash except, it's probably an except now where before NFL draft it was a smash except because it may not be exactly like it was when Des Bryant is your best wide receiver. Mm, it's a smash except for me. Don't take that away from me, Nick. <laughs> that and his tight end premium, you killed it. I mean, I'm good with it. Zirkle was the gentleman who you traded with and he's asked questions about trading and whatnot. And he messaged me and he said, hey, I'm taking your advice that this team is rebuilding and you want to use tight end as the last piece to your infinity gauntlet where it's like, all right, I'm ready to start snapping and I need that last stone. That's the tight end. Right. Uh, Getting that nice tight end at the top. Now, I definitely would have tried to sell him for more than what he offered to you for him if I was in his shoes. Mm -hmm. But I do get the logic behind it where it's like, you know, things are in kind of in flux and your team isn't competing this year. Move it for future, though I would have probably tried to squeeze the lemon a little harder. He definitely came to the right person with a tight end because, you know, I love tight ends. <laughs> I would have also have accepted it. Don't worry. That league is an interesting example because it was one where I have been over by a lot of players for like two years in a row. So all off season, I'm like piecing off my players for future picks. And I came into this draft with like 20 picks. Oof. Like, okay, I can't, I can't make all these picks. So I was looking at the draft board and I'm like, so three people are drafting. Like Iowa has literally half the board. Like, <laughs> And then there was the MJ trade, and I'm like, now MJ has, like, 90 picks. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't. That's exactly what it was, is <laughs> I was already, I've already got a roster full of players that I like, and I've got a ton of picks this year. I started piecing them off trying to buy studs, and group this group of picks for this stud, this group of picks for this stud. And that was, I, I traded with Zirkle right before he sent you that deal, when he was going into a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Basically unloaded a ton of picks for a few more studs to put on the roster, and so I don't have to cut 
internet guys that are taken in like the top 150. Yeah, this is the time of year where I really start counting my roster spots every time I look at a team. Yeah. It's getting rough. All it takes is for a couple of them to end and it's like, man, I'm over 15 players. <laughs> yeah. Got a couple guys I'll cut right now that are completely worthless, but the rest like just got to hold. Yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've cut down a couple times because somebody seems to think that Trey McBride isn't worth rostering. So he's hit the pool a handful of times. So yeah. it's like, well, I guess I'm dropping all these mid-range guys so I can pick up Trey McBride. Yep. But for the most part, I'm just kind of sitting on the overage until something sweet hits the waivers. Um, well, shout out to Zirkle. He joins a very small list of people who have successfully traded with the queen. So shout out to him for that. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you, Zirkle. <laughs> yep. He had an interesting question for you here, Noble. Okay. Okay. He asks. For me or for the pod? <laughs> well, for you and the pod. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is Tank Bigsby yeah. worth paying up for, trading up for, drafting like in the mid-second if you're an ETN, if you have ETN on your roster? I'm going to defer to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Wise move. Yeah, I'm going to defer to our fantasy brain, Mike, who is going to actually answer you that question, Zirkle. Like trading up to where for him? The earliest I've seen Bigsby go is the mid-second. I yeah. think there's a couple times where he kind of went a little bit earlier mid. Even if I have ETN, I, and if ETN's get like gets goes down, I really just don't want to have to rely on Bigsby. Like when there are just other guys in that range that I prefer. If we're, if we're at like a tier, I guess like I could push him up a couple spots at the beginning of the tier to go ahead and save the position. Do you want Tank Bigsby over these tight ends? Those three we like? No, I don't either. And there's no, it doesn't matter whether I have ETN or not. No, like I still yeah, I don't really like him in the, anywhere in the second round. I don't think. Now if it just falls perfectly and I can't get Jalen Hyatt in the early third or Sam Laporta in the early third like I've gotten on a handful of occasions then it might fall to where player number 24 I'm picking Tank Bigsby over Tajay Spears. Yeah. It hasn't fallen that way very often but I have gotten Tank Bigsby in the early third a handful of times. Okie dokie. So not not big on Bigsby? <laughs> no. No I don't think Bigsby's name has come up much in conversation of rookie drafts. He's got the best name. He is. He's the tank. Yeah. Well, he does have a great name. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you were relying on tank as your tank commander, you're doing it right. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Tank Bigsby or Tank Dell. Or who? Tank Dell. Yeah. Nathaniel Dell from Houston. Third round pick. Tank Bigsby. Are there two tanks? Tank Dell. That's his like middle nickname. He's the there's two tanks in this draft. It's like World War Two. Yeah. So there's two rookies named Tank? Correct. Kind of. Wow. I didn't realize Tank was such a popular yeah. name during that generation. It was exactly then. <laughs> Just then. <laughs> I think Tank Bixby's real first name is also a tough name. Oh, so that's why he goes by Tank. Good choice. We talked a little bit about those two last show. Nick. Do you have a question for me, Noble? Hmm. I was just going to move on uh, and ask you either or. Oh. Bum, 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 bum. Go for it. Bum, 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 bum. Well, let's do Trey Tucker or A.T. Perry. Ugh. Would you rather? <laughs> we jumped way <laughs> down the board. Did you just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going in order here. 
<laughs> the roster spot. Yeah, somebody else. You don't want either of them? If, but if I had to pick between the two, I'll, I'll take Trey Tucker. He could maybe carve out an inside role on that team with injury. Yeah, I have Trey Tucker ranked as 47 and Perry ranked as 49. Somewhere around there, at least. I haven't gotten them in any draft. I picked up Trey Tucker going undrafted in a draft of three rounds with Noble. I'm not targeting really either one of them. A.T. Perry was picked in this sixth round and what are you expecting out of him on New Orleans? I guess once you get after Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, it's like who else? So yeah, maybe, but do we feel like Michael Thomas is going to put in a full season? I mean, I guess when I look at him, that's what I think is like probably not a bet I'd make Yeah, that Michael Thomas lasts the whole season. Right. I guess that's where I go is I feel like Michael Thomas is injury prone at this point. And so I don't mind having somebody who is probably going to have to come in and take up that slack. Like if, if I'm throwing darts at this point, then I'm looking at players who might be injury prone. He would be one of them. So sure. Yeah. I'll gamble. Sure. If you're really throwing darts, I probably don't throw them at six round receivers though. That is the thing. And even with Trey Tucker, he's, he was a third rounder. So it's like, uh. but then again, it's like, it's the Raiders picking third rounders. You guys remember Bowden and Bredwards? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody they take into the, even their first rounders are garbage. <laughs> Let's just forget about it. Bowden was another one you loved. Nick, Nick, I remember Bowden. The Dolphin? <laughs> nope. Trey Tucker, not again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nope. Steer clear. Nope. Okay, so there's two other names I'm looking at here that I have to say, I feel like they're ones that I see all the time that I'm like, do I take one of these? And that's Evan Hall or Eric Gray. Mm. So I would actually like to learn right now your thoughts and pick your brains on either one of those, neither one of those, both of those. Are you targeting? Are you not? Who do you like better? Hall. Hall? Sure. Wait, are you? Yeah, I like Hall. Oh, I'm like, are you just picking out of a hat right now? Like the way you said that, it was like, eeny meeny. <laughs> I prefer Hall. I think he's got a direct path to being the second back, maybe a little more athletic, but we're not talking about like I prefer him by a full round or anything. We're talking a couple of picks different. Okay. Yeah. Nick, do you agree or would you change that? I think all of these third round running backs are they're ones I actually want to take a stab on when you're drafting players that are taken in the third round, but they all need something to happen. Okay. Eric Gray needs Barkley to sprain his ankle. God forbid. Sorry, Mike. It's okay. Or yeah, Mike is like, hello, I'm right here. <laughs> or I mean, like he's just being franchise tagged. So Eric Gray actually has a little bit of, well, maybe if he does really well in limited touches, then next year he doesn't get a great person added next to him if they don't re-sign Barkley. So there's like a little bit of maybe later with Eric Gray. Okay. With Evan Hall, you kind of had the same thing because his contract year for JT. Mm-hmm. So he might be a free agent or he might be extended. Evan Hall could be the next one, but fifth round pick. I wasn't that excited about him pre-NFL draft. It's just he has a running back who's not probably might not be there next year ahead of him. So he's one where it's like consolation prize. I really have him ranked at 38, which means just out of outside of the third round. So I'm not really getting any Evan Hall. But Eric Gray, I like him more than Chase Brown. Okay. Do you like Eric Gray or Chase Brown? Chase Brown. Fifth round pick by the Bengals and then obviously mixing doing things to make people worried. Yeah, the thing about like being the backup to Saquon 
one is even if you're replacing Saquon in a game, the entire game plan changes. You can't put a you can't plug and play Saquon mm-hmm. with Eric Gray. He can play and he can be a running back on that team, but he can't be the same. He can't play the same position that Saquon plays. That's right. They do have a bunch of great wide receivers. Yeah, you know, it's not <laughs> like all of a sudden it's like he's going to be lining up in the slot. He's going to be going. It's not. I don't think we're going to see something like that. I don't think there's going to be too much success for running the football on that team as a running back that's not talented like Saquon Barkley. For me, Chase Brown, he needs something to happen to Mixon or Mixon to be like a surprise cut where Dalvin Cook is thought to be cut here very soon, probably by the time you hear this. Chase Brown, it's like, yeah, I guess he's okay, but he's, I do not think he's above replacement. I guess P. Ryan was used annoyingly last year to the point of almost relevancy and Chase Brown could be that, but I think really what it is is it's just created a value pocket for Mixon where he's worth more than probably where he's being valued right now. Like draft starts, people update their blocks, Mixon's going on the block in in half these leagues. People want out on Mixon and it could be a potential buying point. He's a little bit younger than all these other guys who are 27, 28. Okay, Mike, you picked Evan Hall over Eric Gray. Would you pick him over Deuce Vaughn? Mm, Good question. I don't think I would pick him over Deuce Vaughn. Actually, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Sorry. And why? Because Deuce Vaughn is so f***ing tiny. (laughs) He's what? He is so f***ing tiny. (laughs) I tried to get you not to say f***ing so I didn't have to cut it out. (laughs) Yeah, I can retry it because he is so tiny. time. Yeah, I, I don't really care. Like Mike, Mike really wanted emphasis on tiny, <laughs> tiny. Yes, he is. He's five five. I mean, like that's the height. That's like shorter than my dad. My dad's short. Mike, just do as we do in Massachusetts and say he's wicked tiny. Okay, so he is wicked tiny. Wicked tiny. Wicked tiny. Yeah. Can he be the Muggsy Bogues of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, could he? <laughs> however, however, okay, but we know that Dallas has used that. Midi running back. They have used Ezekiel mm. Elliott. Mm. He can't take over the Zeke role because he's not big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can't block like Zeke. That was another thing that Zeke was great at. Like, yeah, he could be on the field on third round because he could block. The 5'5 five, five running back isn't going to take over that role. He's not going to take over the pass catching role from Tony Pollard. He's too good at it. He would literally need Pollard to go down and everyone else to be worse than him to have any kind of significant role on the team. I just don't really see too much of a path for him. Maybe that's exactly it there, Mike. Is it, It's not that Deuce Vaughn has standalone value next to Pollard. Like, it's going to be the Deuce Vaughn and Pollard show. Because I think probably whoever they end up signing, be it Fournette, Elliott, or somebody else, or they just roll with Malik Davis or something. I think Deuce Vaughn is more like a Pollard cuff, and he's going to be special teams otherwise. He got drafted and, like, like his dad or somebody is on the staff with the Cowboys. Like, the video was interesting. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, I basically have been avoiding him and Evan Hall. I would rather take the the first undrafted free agent in the draft every time with Sean Tucker. Player number 36. Like, the last pick in the third round if it goes exactly my way. Maybe what they're going to do with Deuce Vaughn is he's actually going to just run through the legs of everybody. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. He'll be like yeah. Mighty Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that we see return work with him. Yep, I can see him being on special mm-hmm. teams. And if we see him being on special teams, that means he's dressing for the mm-hmm. field and then maybe he's able to do something. That's the benefit of being on special teams. Yeah, he's he's probably going to at least suit up. I don't know if he'll get many touches unless something happens to actually Pollard. I don't know necessarily that he's going to have value with Pollard healthy. Okay. All 
right, so let's keep on the running back theme here and let's talk about Brees Hall real quick. Are we selling Brees Hall? It's a good point, something I've come across and it came across in the discussion with Israel Abanaconda. All right, so how about the Anaconda versus Zach Evans? <laughs> Mike, which one do you prefer? Zach Evans. Why? Akers isn't exactly proven and he's got a path to touches on the field as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Israel doesn't. What is proven is the Rams hate Akers. <laughs> he could be the starter. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think he's easily the number two running back on a team that's probably underrated after train wrecking last year. Mm. Who was this, Evans? Yes. Okay. I mean, at this point, we're like beyond, like you're not going to have crazy measurables in this draft range. You're not going to have great draft capital. Kind of looking for the best situations. Yep. And Zach Evans, sixth round draft pick. Obviously, they're not a big fan of Akers, so there's a little chance that he could be used more than everyone foresees coming because that's what the Rams have been doing to Akers. Remember when I went out and just offered a second in every league for Akers? It's because they've been messing with him. So it's like, here's a sixth round running back and Daryl Henderson is gone and Akers is still there and this is his last year too. So I see some scenarios where it's like he could be a surprise value and he's one of the guys I like here in the third. But I've been taking Israel Abanaconda right above Zach Evans. And part of it is is that the Anaconda isn't even 21 yet. He's, let's see. Yeah, the youngest of anybody we're drafting in this draft class. Yes, he's trapped behind Brees Hall. But with knee injuries, like Dobbins last year, came back, was out for a few weeks after he re-aggravated the knee, came back strong at the end of the year. Cool, 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 cool. What if that's Brees Hall? That would make Abanaconda playable during those weeks. And this is like a third round pick where it's like you're not even sure like this guy could end up being cut in training camp. You just hope it's going to be good. And that's an investment I'm willing to take is because at worst, I've got some playable weeks this year, maybe. Though his future's kind of blocked by Brees Hall coming back next year. I think Hall's injury is a little, compared to Dobbins, a little different because Dobbins also tore the hamstring. So that's quite a bit worse. He wasn't able to actually work out the leg for some time after somebody with like Brees Hall's injury would have been would have been able to. So that set him back significantly. Mm. But at the same time, Brees Hall's still right around RB2 range and and startup drafts mm-hmm. and in value and if I'm able to get RB2 value for him or kind of tear him into the next tier plus that's something I definitely look into. Okay so is Brees Hall a sell was Noble's question here. Would you rather have Brees Hall or CeeDee Lamb? I might want Lamb. I do. You want AJ Brown or Brees Hall? Brees Hall over AJ. <laughs> Okay. That made it sound like you called him A.J. Browner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, A.J. Brown out. (laughs) What what about Brees Hall or Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. I start wavering there because Jonathan Taylor is now 20 over 24. And those first few years are the highest value years. And Brees Hall could still be in that category next year. But I can see the argument. What about Saquon? Saquon or Brees Hall? Brees Hall. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm shocked. You love Saquads. I do. I love Saquads two rounds later. See, this is proof right here that Mike does not have emotional attachments to players. Mm-hmm. No. Well, this is kind of illuminating what Brees could be swapped for. What about Deshaun Watson? I want Deshaun Watson. Not everybody does. What about Dak Prescott? Not Dak. Okay. Never Dak. In that range somewhere in there, what about like Anthony Richardson or Brees Hall? That's really tough because I'm lower than consensus consensus on Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. I know he's a freak athlete and not really seen anything like that, but I don't really 
have him as my 102. So, so you don't, you're not as high. Is he your third of the three quarterbacks when you are in that position? You'd rather take Bryce Young or CJ Stroud first? I prefer Bryce Young to both of them. Oh, okay. To the other two quarterbacks. After that, I usually want Stroud and then Richardson. If I don't have a tremendous need at quarterback and I'm picking earlier in a, in a larger league, like a 14 or a 16 man, I love the upside of Richardson. Mm-hmm. I just don't think anybody really reads the field or plays the game like Bryce Young does this year. Mm-hmm. That's why I like him. I know he's undersized, but I think he'll actually, his decision making will just be a lot better. So this is interesting to me because in the last pod, of course, we were picking our rookies, our top 24, and after the freak of nature, Bijan, who always goes in the 101, we have the three quarterback question. If I remember, it's kind of like take your pick of any of those three. So what is it about Bryce Young that has set him out now in your mind that he would be your number one out of those three? I mean, he's been like he's mm-hmm. been that way through this whole process. It just hasn't changed. He was last week too. Yeah. And I picked CJ Stroud third and then Stephen Murphy picked Anthony Richardson fourth. And Anthony Richardson is almost always the 1.02. Yeah. And when I have that pick, I've been trading it. I've Every time Anthony Richardson is on the clock, I've traded the pick. As a matter of fact, every time a quarterback is on the board with an early pick, I've been trading it to a QB needy team every single time. I have zero of these so far. Mm. In a 16-team super flex with one running back, are you taking Bijan or Anthony Richardson first? Ooh, interesting. Mm. Like, is Bijan really the 101 in that format? Is it two running back 16-team? No, no, no. One running back 16-team. <laughs> That's where I start to, you know, that's where I start to think a little bit. Well, I mean, I remember last year, 16-team Pickett went first. Wow. And that was over Brees. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that was good, though. No, it wasn't. (laughs) 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 This is actually questionable. That probably wasn't a great idea, but, you know, you need a QB, you need a QB, you need a QB. So, yeah, I kind of understand. But, yeah, still trading it, just like I have. I'd rather go and trade for a 2-plus and trade Anthony Richardson to that person. Hmm, okay. Yeah, like actually, it's the, the uh, dispersal that I'm in in one of your leagues. Forget your day off. That's where I'm actually considering it because I drafted the 101 mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, I saw you do that. I was wondering. And I know MJ is expecting to get Anthony Richardson at the 102, but I think I, I'm not sure that he will because it's one running back. Mm. Ooh, MJ, if you're listening, <laughs> bum, 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 bum. I better trade news. up. He, he's baiting the trade up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll be probably broken news by the time all that goes down, right? Are you drafting soon? No, we're doing the dispersal. Okay, well then, this is trade bait. I'm just throwing (laughs) ideas out there at this point. All right, shall we shift from running backs to some wide receivers? We shall. Again? Yeah, there's a couple here in the third round that I'm curious your thoughts on. Okay. Mike. Uh Uh-oh. Are you going Kayshawn of the booty variety? Or is Cedric Tillman? That's really tough. That's why I asked. I know. <laughs> That's my job. I need to make your your job tough. I think I'll go booty. Because of his name? <laughs> That's kind of where I've been kind of leaning. I think Tillman's fairly buried in Cleveland. I know he's got better capital and measurables and probably everything about him. (laughs) But Booty has a clear path to being relevant on that team. I know Mac Jones isn't very exciting, but I think he's a lot better better of a quarterback than he was last year. And when he's got guys like Devontae Parker ahead of him and just basically Juju on that team, he could definitely at least see the field. Booty could walk in and be wide receiver two in New England. Mm, Not likely, but he could. But there's a 
path there. That's kind of how I looked at it right out of the draft. Like, okay, Kayshawn Boutte, value pick by the Patriots. But then again, Patriots aren't that great at picking wide receivers. But anyways, there's the reports that he may not even make the team. So it's like at first I was like mid-early third maybe? And then now it's like eh, late third. Also, let's take the stab late third. But You know what? I love that though. You know what that means? If, if he might not even make the team, I have a clear decision made for me by the time the season starts on whether I can have a roster spot or not. It's not somebody I have to hang on to and wonder. Mm-hmm. You throw him onto the pile of 15 players over, you finish the draft. Like, ah, I might cut this one. I might keep this one. <laughs> yeah, like I don't see a ton of upside until, man, he's older. What's the best case scenario this year? He goes, he makes the team, he dresses for every game and, you know, sees the field a handful of plays a game and you hold him mm-hmm. and, and you keep holding him and <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. You coddle him on your bench. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, well, you both would go Boutte? No. Oh. Keisha Boutte is two years younger than Cedric Tillman. So you could wait for two years and he'd be as old as Cedric Tillman is right now. Cedric Tillman was picked in the third round where Keisha Boutte was picked in the sixth round. Tillman is definitely buried uh, behind Bell, which is funny because I, I thought Keishon Boutte was going to be this year's David Bell for me, and he's falling even farther than that. But Cedric Tillman this year's David Bell instead because now he's the one that's buried in Cleveland? <laughs> they picked him early third, so it's like they spent decent draft capital on the guy. It's like, eh, of these guys picked in the third, at least he's not like a little bitty Tank Dell guy on Houston. <laughs> five foot five. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, eh. The only one that checks enough boxes out of those wide receivers that are going to go basically in like the third and fourth round is Cedric Tillman and Keishon Boutte. If I were to make a third exception, it's going to be like Michael Wilson. And that's just with the anticipation that Hopkins gets traded because it's just like who else is going to be there. Quarterback's probably going to be gross. Could be even Clayton Toon, who I have been liking to take at the very end of drafts, especially 14 team leagues. Just as like, this is a perfect guy to just throw down there on your taxi and forget about. And maybe he ends up playing at some point this season, a quarterback you can play. He'd be the hottest pickup that week. So, but yeah, Michael Wilson, I would throw into that little tier of three wide receivers where I'm taking all these running backs we talked about before these guys, uh, Eric Gray, Zachary Evans, the Anaconda, all these guys. I'm, and that's usually ends up meaning that I just don't get these other wide receivers. But if I were to take them, those would be the three in the third. Okay. Either way, these are not picks I'm excited to make. <laughs> Hold your nose and pick. This is good stuff, though, because these are the rounds that really spin me out because they they really are just like blind picks. I mean, nobody knows if they're going to have a lick of relevancy. It's all just kind of guesswork at this point. But you need something. Mm -hmm. You can look at it where like your third round picks, like half to two thirds of these guys are going to be at least worth putting on your roster at the start next year. The guys in the fourth and fifth round, there might be one in there maybe two that you actually end up wanting to have by next year. You're just taking darts. So when you're making that pick, it's like, I'm not sweating it because it's going to be, you've already got, you know, 5%, 1 in 20 odds anyways, you know? So it's like, eh, this guy or that guy. So as soon as we get to the Keishon Boutte, Sean Tucker, Deuce Vaughn, Evan Hall, after that, it's like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care. As long as I get one of these guys, I kind of have an order for him, but I stopped caring about like trading up to get a 
this specific one because they're all darts. Yeah. yeah. Once those running backs are gone, I'm not trading up anymore. Yep, exactly. Yeah. In these dart picks, are there running backs in these positions that you would much rather take a dart pick on than Boutte or Tillman? If they're there, is there a running back usually there that you'd rather take as a dart as a dart shot? Like, are you taking neither of them? Usually that's where I get Eric Gray. That's about that range, yeah. And you'd prefer that running back. Yeah, okay. Same with you then, Mike. Yeah, running backs can be instant relevance. Yep. At this point, we've, like, we've taken the wide receivers that we think have the best chance to be on the field to actually make an impact on the field and be part of the team. And these guys are, at this point, the wide receivers are really darty. And usually a wide receiver, like even if there are injuries, they don't aren't necessarily the next man up. It might be a guy who's not as good as them that gets the call up because they know the playbook more. They've been on the been part of the team more. Mm-hmm. So it's they don't even have like a, like an absolute clear path and they just end up kind of sitting there on your roster until that the roster ship kind of drops and eventually you cut them. Like if you get the low chance that they actually hit and they do hit and they hit like 80, 90% of what the max they could potentially be, you still might not be even getting them into your starting lineup. With the running back, if the guy above him goes down, he's probably making your lineup that week. And that's the biggest difference where it's like you're going to take a wide receiver that would need to hit like above its 90th percentile outcome for where it's going to actually be able to make your lineup and be played. It's like, uh, I'd rather take the coin flip of a running back surviving healthy when two thirds of them go down every year and just hope that, okay, boom, now I've got Eric Gray for these two weeks while Saquon's out with a, a hamstring or something. He always had the hamstring. Yeah. Then hope that Keisha Butte makes the roster and makes the starting lineup and puts up enough points per game to actually be worth starting and then actually scores enough points when you do start him. It's just like running backs, you like, no, almost immediately, if not after one game, whether you probably should be rolling with this backup in your flex or not. So for me, I'm looking a lot more short term when I'm here in this third round, and that's why I lean to running backs. Well, it creates instant value. Mm -hmm. If the starter does go down for a week, suddenly your third round pick is worth like a second round pick. Like you've already immediately probably gotten more than they'll ever be worth. Yep. All right, let's go back to my favorite subject. I know I said we were done talking about them, but I'm going to be honest, we're never done talking about them, and that's tight ends. We're talking third round rookies here or later. We all know Musgrave and Kraft are sitting there staring us down in these rookie rounds. Mike, since I know you love both of these guys, I'm going to ask you first. (laughs) I insert sarcasm. Musgrave or Kraft? And you have to pick one. I have to. You have to. I can't trade them? No. Okay. (laughs) I'll take Musgrave off of draft capital. I don't want either of these. I'm never going to end up drafting them. Are we worried he's just not going to have much relevancy in terms of like fantasy value? So like tight ends are like a really weird position because they're usually the worst receivers and the worst blockers on their team. So what do they do? So a, a decent block, a decent blocking tight end is going to see the field. Whether or not he's going to run routes, that's going to depend on how he develops. Okay, so you just don't see them having fantasy relevance. So there's a tight end on the Packers that's probably going to be fantasy relevant. I okay. don't know which one of those guys that's going to be, or if it's going to be one of those guys. And if they do, what are they worth? Are they a top twelve tight end? Yeah, like these are not guys that are likely to even make us make make my starting lineup. Even if you say, okay, Musgrave is the starter week one, he's going to see the highest snap percentage. If you guarantee me that right now, I still wouldn't. And does it make a difference that they're going to have Jordan love? We don't really know who Jordan's going to love to throw to. We didn't know who Aaron Rodgers was going to throw to. Apparently he liked Lazard and Cobb and they didn't see much fantasy relevance. True. 
True. What's Lazard at best, a wide receiver three when he was his only target, and now he's on the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's back with him. Yeah, he is. Which is interesting, because wasn't he one of the players that he, like, requested to have? Yeah. So weird. Yep. So weird. Okay. Mr. Iowa, Musgrave or Kraft? You have to pick one. I like Tucker Kraft more than Trey Tucker. Okay. <laughs> We're super unsure which tight end is actually going to be more valuable. Luke Musgrave was picked higher. He was picked at the top of the second round. So high. So interesting, right? <laughs> and then Tucker Kraft, who every time I see it, I think of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> uh, was picked in the early third. So Musgrave usually going and mixing with these running backs I'd rather have. So I've been missing out on him mostly. But then once all these guys are gone, those running backs, Tillman, even Hender of the hooker variety. <laughs> at that point, I start considering maybe Tucker Kraft, especially in like a tight end premium where it's like he's he's a, a good pass catching tight end. So if it just so happens that regardless of how the Packers took him, that Tucker Kraft proves to be the red zone threat and gets four or five catches a game. He could be a sneaky bet to get into like a back end tight end one. Hmm. If you're taking darts on tight ends late, like Gasecki, Tucker Craft's right in that same kind of a boat where there's another tight end on the team. Gasecki's a receiving tight end. Tucker Craft, obviously unproven. If I'm just tossing darts, Tucker Craft later, but I'd rather have like Kayshawn Boutte and Michael Wilson and Sean Tucker and Deuce Vaughn and Evan Hall. But then if they're gone, I guess Tucker Craft craft. I mean, when there's nobody left, <laughs> go ahead and just take him. <laughs> yep. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Mike, did you want to add anything else to that? No, I was just laughing for a minute because I traded it up at the beginning of the show and they're all waiting for me to pick and I still haven't selected. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We're busy. We're busy. They've tagged me like five times because I know I saw it. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> all right. So we are almost out of time, but before we end this, let Let's just throw out a couple of dart throws, fourth and fifth round rookie dart throws. Nick, let's start with you because I've been starting with Mike. Who are your fourth and fifth round dart throws? If Tank Dell would make it to the fourth round, he'd be one of the ones I would take, but he almost always goes in the third, so I pretty much don't get any Tank Dell. Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State, close to being a a school that I like. (laughs) Almost. Not quite. I've gotten Iowa-ish. I pick 412 and 414 in a couple different drafts, and it's just because all the rest of them are gone. And Houston's wide receivers are all over the place, including Tank Dell, a little bitty guy, and then Nico Collins, and I don't know what to think of Robert Woods. I think I'm out of the woods, so maybe this sixth-round wide receiver could get a role. If not, he's probably going to be somebody I end up cutting later on, but someone I've been taking a dart on. Him and wide receiver fifth round to the Rams Puka where it's Cooper Cup and Ben Skoranek <laughs> Ben Jefferson stop it that's a t- <laughs> Tutu Atwell there's a whole bunch of guys that have not <laughs> popped yet throw him into that group he might be one of the ones that don't pop or maybe he could actually pop and be better than all those guys so it's like eh. as far as fourth round darts that's someone I've been taking so him and Xavier Hutchison some of my favorite of those fourth round darts specifically at wide receiver. Okay, perfect. Great. There's your fantasy wrap up from Nick for his fourth and fifth round darts. That's my fourth round wide receiver.
receivers. I guess I didn't follow okay. directions. Yeah, okay. I was just doing fourth and fifth round in general. <laughs> yeah, I was just doing general. Yeah. Just in general, not necessarily wide receivers. Was I supposed to do specifically wide receivers? I just did fourth and fifth round dirt throws. I don't care what position they're in. They could be linebackers for all I care. <laughs> if you think they have fantasy relevance. <laughs> well, I pick late in a lot of drafts, and so I get the last pick in the fifth round where pretty much everybody's off the board. And I've been getting a lot of Keaton Mitchell and Daneric Prince there. If you're picking two different running backs, Daneric Prince, free agent for the Kansas City Chiefs. I hope that he's better than CEH. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wicked tiny. <laughs> and then Keaton Mitchell, also an undrafted free agent, but he went to Baltimore and they still play on the same field, if I remember correctly, which injures all the running backs every single year. So maybe Keaton Mitchell, after three different dominoes fall, could be relevant. Someone I'll take a dart late <laughs> fifth. Right. Might have to throw the dart at a running back. Okay. I guess since uh, these are just the last ones, I will rattle a couple of these other off to you. The two quarterbacks I would be targeting would be Clayton Toon and Dorian Thompson Robinson. Mm-hmm. If you're wanting a quarterback who's one of the top ceilings of what he could eventually be or become as far as based on who he is and the talent, I like Dorian Thompson Robinson, though it's obviously not clear with Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I don't know. He'd, he'd have to like, yeah, I'm not going to say it. but Good choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he can massage his way in there one way or another. But Clayton- Oh my God, you said it. <laughs> But uh, Clayton Toon competing with the likes of Colt McCoy for a backup quarterback spot when Colt McCoy is one of the oldest quarterbacks in ranks. I like that because I think Kyler sits for a long period of time this year. So if every time a quarterback goes down, the backup immediately becomes the hottest waiver wire ad. Is it always a smart decision? No, but Clayton Toon could be that before an injury. It doesn't even have to be an injury to Colt McCoy, and then he could be the one of the hotter ads as someone who's actually going to be playing some this year. So he's been someone I've been targeting late in the fifth round and basically just avoiding Stetson Bennett altogether because he goes like third, fourth round. What's the highest you've seen him go, Mike? Early third. Yeah. I don't think I've seen earlier than that yet. I saw on Twitter somebody picked him in the first round, but this just has to be a troll. People are (laughs) excited about it when they pick him. What about Hendon Hooker, though? How early have you seen him go? I've seen him go like mid-first, like at seven. It's like, man, no. And I... (laughs) Seen him go at like 401 and in this all throughout the second and all throughout the third. Whoever's taking a hand in hooker, I want to buy golf from this person, right? So, Cartman and I might have just taken him at the 2.9. Oh no, <laughs> well, we need a quarterback. It's like that's not gonna fill a need, <laughs> but we don't need him right now. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like maybe later, but I wasn't really super excited about the rest of the options, so I'm like, whatever, let's just take him. You could have picked. Tom Brady and he's a yep. you know in the Raiders ownership or you could have picked Matt Ryan who's a commentator now. <laughs> that actually brings me back to I, I can feed off of what Nick said because you said a lot of good names with the rookies to target in the fourth and fifth rounds but in the fourth and fifth rounds is a I great... I think he said all the rest of the names. <laughs> Is a great time to look at any vets that are on your draft board. Mm-hmm. If your drafts do allow, like, uh, vets, you can maybe sneak a guy like Jacoby Brissett who could be a sneaky buy as a potential starter for the Commanders. Again, two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Jake Ferguson Yep, uh, could be the starting tight end on a tight end-friendly team. I don't think Dalton Schultz was an athletic freak or anything. He could fit right into that role and put up top 12 tight end numbers. So you're fading Luke Schoonmaker? He's not really a guy I'm drafting. Yeah, I'm not getting him at all. 
I think it's better shot. Like, do I think any of the Dallas tight ends? I think maybe one of them will be good this year, and I'll bet on Ferguson. Mm-hmm. He, had, he got the capital last year. He's been on the team. He's already shown little flashes. Undrafted free agent tight end played above him a little bit, which is a little yeah. scary, but that's also why you can get him in the fourth and fifth round. At times. But they also let Schultz walk, and they knew what they had. It's not like they had they were going into the draft saying, we're absolutely getting this guy. Do you think Shoemaker's a little bit of a trap? Yes, because he was drafted highly in the second round. Dallas has always seemed like a tight end friendly team. Mm-hmm. So you may be inclined to take. I mean, I, there's been a couple times that I'm like, oh, I really want to take him, but I'm not gonna. He's not a good enough receiver. I mean, look at it this way. There are, what, six tight ends that you really want to have in your starting lineup in the entire league. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then the other guys are kind of like fill in where you can. Mm-hmm. And what are you getting, like 12 tight ends drafted in your rookie drafts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not all going to be relevant. Most of them are not going to be relevant. I don't even know what a shoon is. What is he making? He's making shoon. Mm. <laughs> He's making sweet, sweet shoon. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, give me your absolute most favorite dart throws in four and five. Like, if you get them, you're actually a little excited. I The only players in the fourth and fifth round I get genuinely excited for are the veterans that you find that were hidden below undrafted rookies mm-hmm. <laughs> and players in my that I have in my top 36 that fall into the fourth round and the occasional the running backs. Mm-hmm. Mike, I don't know if you guys can tell, but Mike doesn't get that excited about any of this. He's excited internally. He just doesn't show it on the outside. <laughs> I generally do not get excited once you get past the, past this point because most of these players are not going to be relevant. Best case scenario maybe one player in your league drafted in the fourth round and one player in the fifth round is actually relevant mm-hmm. this year and I would just rather the roster space than whatever that player is going to be. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan of 8% chances. <laughs> yeah, so like a lot of the times these picks I'm packaging together to trade up and move around like even if it's the moves like tiers in the first round before the draft even started mm-hmm. you know yeah. if I'm at seven I, I know what's at six I know I want JSN I'm trying to get from seven to six right I mean I do know you get excited about that sexy middle in a startup draft because we've had a yes. whole podcast on that that's the only time I've actually seen Mike get outwardly excited about a, a group of players <laughs> yeah that's my favorite range of wide receivers a lot of my if you go through team by team and you look at them you're gonna see a lot of those mid-range wide receivers any of the Cooper Cup I have was because he was a favorite target of mine the year before he broke out again uh, I've never had Cooper Cup as a target in that mid-range of wide receivers that nobody wanted I'm like yeah, Cooper Cup. That's my guy. That you call them sexy. I call them yeah. anxiety attack city. Like that whole thing. I have no feelings towards any one particular person. I, they all have like these questions for me. And I'm just like, I don't know. I can't decipher one from another. I don't know who I want. Year to year, I feel like they all change so much. So you can have them. You can have them all. After Amon Ra, I'm good. I'm just like, whatever. I'll play with empties <laughs> can i just have an empty space because i don't even want them <laughs> i don't know how i win leagues but i do i do because i listen to guys like nick and mike and i'm glad you're listening too hopefully you learned a lot about the later rounds of the rookie draft lots of good information today hopefully you can go back and go into your drafts with some confidence or at least something that leads you to make a pick but if not you know whatevs <laughs> so we're wrapping it up for the night and make sure you 
get on and follow us on all the social media avenues. Make sure to like and subscribe and follow so you don't miss a new episode of the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. We hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true. And as always, peace, love, and prosper. And thank you, Feedspot, for ranking us as a sweet dynasty podcast in their top 70. Oh yeah. my God, I was so excited. I'm like, guys, we're not even last. No, <laughs> <laughs> we're not even last. <laughs>